Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Pete Buttigieg, and this is The Deciding Decade. From fully tackling systemic racism, to leveling the playing field for small business owners of color, to opening up educational opportunities for minority students, it has never been more important for us to break down systemic and institutional barriers and deliver true equity and roads to prosperity for communities of color. From the beginning, the Latino community has been a vital part of America's story and now represents the fastest growing demographic group in America. Leaders across the nation in politics, advocacy, and entertainment are working to expand opportunity and build empowerment for Latinos so that everyone has a chance to benefit from and fully contribute to American life. With a prolific career dating back to the early 2000s, Eva Longoria has long been considered one of Hollywood's leading actresses and has produced TV shows and important documentaries such as 2014's Food Chains, as well as directing episodes of some of our favorite shows such as Blackish and Jane the Virgin. On top of all of that, Eva is a leader in her philanthropic work and social and political activism. Some of the highlights from work she has done include founding the Eva Longoria Foundation, which helps Latinas build better 
better futures for themselves and their families through culturally relevant education and entrepreneurship programs, co-founding groups like the Latino Victory Project, a progressive political action committee aimed at increasing the number of Latino candidates in local, state, and national elections, and Momento Latino, a coalition of 130 organizations focused on health, education, economy, and politics, and helping Latinos disproportionately affected by the pandemic. She has been campaigning for candidates and causes that are moving the country and the world forward. Eva, it's an honor to be joined by you. <laughs> nice, to, nice to be with you. I feel like I should be interviewing you. You are the <laughs> fascinating one. I am just a boring old actress. <laughs> Hardly. You've got a fascinating story. I'm looking forward to digging into it uh, right now. In fact, l- let's start there. Let's start all the way at the beginning, literally the beginning for you. So you were born in Corpus Christi, Texas in 1975, but I saw that your family oh God, Pete, the... you don't have to say the year, Pete. <laughs> you don't have to say the year. No, <laughs> yes, yes. It's relevant. It's definitely relevant when I was born because uh, uh, I feel like 1975, so many things happened. But I was reading that your family was in that area since the 1600s. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, never, we never crossed the border. The border crossed us. Wow. I, my whole life, have identified as Mexican-American, and I and my dad would always say, well, we're technically Spanish. And I was like, no, hmm. dad, we're Mexican. Like, everybody knows that. And he's like, no, no, we're Spanish. And then uh, I was on a show by Dr. Henry Louis Gates, and yeah. it's on PBS, and they do your lineage and your genealogy. So they took my DNA, my my parents' DNA, my father's and my mother's, and then they can pinpoint exactly your genetic makeup. And, and it turned out we were still 85% Spanish blood, which is wow. crazy. Um, so that that rocked my world because I was like, wait, we were the colonizers? Oh, my God, we were the bad guys. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, um, uh, and then we had about, you know, obviously some indigenous blood that was identified as Mayan. I mean, it was a fascinating thing to to be a part of. But what Dr. Gates said on the show, which really struck me, he goes, you're the most American person I've ever had on the show. Hmm. He goes, you're, you're the furthest back from before the Mayflower and before all of that, he said, um, you know, before Christopher Columbus, before all of it, he said, your family was already here. And he, they found the exact ancestor, which is my 13th great grandfather, who was 11 years old when he left Spain to go to the new world. And they had the letter where he wrote to the king and he said, I would like to join my uncle in the new Spain. And they granted his permission. He got on a ship at 11 years old, landed in around Veracruz area. So then uh, somehow the Longorias made their way north to what is current day Monterrey, Mm. the valley, South Texas, really. Uh, And the king gave out land grants and, and the Longorias were one of the people, they got some land grants and it was, I think like six Longorias. So my, my immediate direct lineage was one of those plots, but all the plots next to us were also Longorias as well. So the huh. huge Longoria, Longoria is like Smith in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's like how Buttigieg uh, is Mal- in Malta, by the way. So <laughs> nowhere else, but definitely in Malta. Definitely in Malta. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that, just 1603. And um, that same, that same piece of land that that land grant was, we still have today. We still are on the same ranch. Mm -hmm. So how do you think about a heritage that includes colonizers and the colonized land that has been U.S., has been been Mexico? How does that shape your, your concept of what it is to be American? 
Well, I have to say, growing up as a Texan, we're raised as being Texans first. There's such a pride of being uh, being from Texas and, and that Texans have and hold. But growing up, you, you don't really get the colonized history and you don't get, obviously, the history of the underdog. Mm. And so my family was under five different flags without ever moving huh. um, from New Spain to Mexico to France to the Republic of Texas to the United States. I mean, there was many, many exchanges of the land. And so when I when I went to college, you know, obviously that. You, you, you get critical thinking classes and it's not the history you grew up learning. And so I wish that there was more of that history in Texas history. And, uh, and then I got my master's in Chicano studies and that really blew my mind wide open as far as, you know, the battle of the Alamo. I mean, just, just that history and, and what it meant at the time and, and the Mexican American war, the settlers, Sam Houston and Stephen F. Austin, and really going back. And so my, it's shaped me in the sense of, wow, people don't really know the history. And especially if you look at what's happening today and how it's relevant Hmm. is the vilification of Latinos in the United States and the the racist uh, vitriol directed at anybody who's of Hispanic descent and the hashtag go home. You know, when you go, I am home. <laughs> I've been home. Um, I, I, there's nowhere to go back to. And so um, that's, you know, kind of like what's shaped my more recent views of of really trying to get, you know, this revisionist history out there to, so people know the real truth about our roots. You mentioned people saying go home. And this is something that President Trump has done many times, including telling women of color in the United States Congress, U.S. citizens, all of them, most of them born in the U.S., go home. And I wonder, what, what, what did you feel like when you heard that? And did oh. that hit you too, in a way? Oh, gosh, of course. First of all, let's just set aside the misogyny in that. And then, you know, second of all, the the ignorance in that, and especially coming from a world leader. Words matter. And so it, everything stings whenever uh, uh, people are uneducated about the history of immigration in our country. And that's really what, that's why I went to get my master's was because immigration was such a hot topic then. I mean, it's been on the administration's agenda for many presidents, not just, you know, recent, uh, recent ones, but like, I was like, wait, what is the history of our immigration? And why, why is this this way? And when you really look deep into the history of it, then you bet you have a better understanding of it. You become literate and you can speak on it. And it's amazing how uneducated this outgoing administration has been. You know, one of the things that really strikes me is that the the last time we had real immigration reform in the country, it was in the mid-1980s. You and I were both children. Ronald Reagan was president. It was understood as a bipartisan achievement. And it feels like something that Americans of both parties believe we ought to do. It Mm -hmm. commands a strong majority of support among the American people, but can never get an adequate majority in the American Congress. Why do you think that is? Well, because people don't understand that immigration, comprehensive immigration reform is very difficult. There's many tenants to it. So one tenant is a guest worker program. Mm. Another tenant is a pathway to citizenship, which is also the most contested of any immigration policy, which is, you know, should should people have a pathway to citizenship? Should there be a penalty? Should there be a tax? Should there, You know, all of that stuff. If you take that out, because I will tell you, most of these uh, migrant workers not that they don't care to be citizens, they want to be legal. Mm. They want to be able to walk in the street, go to work, go back to Mexico, come back and work, go back, like, you know, as the border should be porous, 
that's what I feel we should focus on is, is understanding that agriculture is totally dependent on migrant labor. Huge agriculture is still a huge part of our economy. And so if you, if you separate it out a little bit and really look at, at the problems, you look at the visa programs and, and you see low, low skilled workers are only allotted um, a certain amount of visas, but yet like doctors and high tech people, you know, those, those visas are different. So like understanding all of those layers. And when people say you get, get in the, get in line, just like everybody else that came to this country, you have to understand there is no line. And then you pile on top of that political asylum. So the things that are happening in Central America, the instability that, by the way, was caused by the United States, that instability and why people are fleeing these horrific situations. It's not a red or blue decision. It's a life and death decision. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I want to come back to, to your own journey. You won in the 1990s the Miss Corpus Christi Beauty pageant. This brings an opportunity to compete in Los Angeles in a talent show. You go there and Los Angeles uh, winds up being home in, in many ways. Did you expect that you were going to stay? And, and what was it like to go from Corpus Christi to L.A.? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I hadn't really been outside of Texas. Mm. And I, it, I entered this beauty pageant because uh, it was a scholarship pageant. And, uh, and I needed to finish my last year of college. And I was like, okay, I'll enter that scholarship pageant, hoping I would get fourth place, by the way, because fourth <laughs> place was books and tuition. And all, all I needed was like one more year of tuition. And I ended up winning the whole thing, which paid for my last year of college. And, and in the prize package was uh, a trip to Los Angeles. Um, so I graduated with my bachelor's degree in education. And literally the next week, I was using it as like vacation and I came to LA and I, I don't know what came over me, but I, it, it, I fell in love. I mean, the minute I landed, I was like, oh my gosh, look at these palm trees. And, and then I competed in this acting competition and I had all of these callbacks and agents and managers wanting to sign me. And I said, what does, what does sign me mean? I didn't know. And so I said, mom, I think I'm going to be an actress. I mean, just like that. Just one day, I didn't even know what the word meant. And she said, okay. Uh, but my parents were happy because I had already like, they were like, you have your degree. They, they knew I could get a job anywhere. And I said, oh yeah, I'm going to go get a job. That's what I'm going to do. And so that's what I did. I was here maybe three days. And then I went to a temp agency in Los Angeles. Cause I was like, I can type, I know word, I know Excel. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the, the agency, the temp agency hired me. They said, why don't you work here? <laughs> and I said, Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know what you, what it is here. And they said, well, you know, we find jobs for people and it's like matchmaking for jobs. And I said, okay. And I worked there. I mean, literally within a week I had a job and I, I had, I would audition in between all of this and just kind of figured it out. But I don't know what got into me because I didn't grow up wanting to be an actress. I didn't even know what that meant. Celebrity culture wasn't a thing. There wasn't magazines and obviously websites and social media. Uh, I think that the closest thing we had to a tabloid was the National Enquirer, which was like aliens landed and, you know, I don't know what it was, but I just came here and I figured it out and I took classes and just kind of approached it strategically of like, well, let me learn about this. But then you did something unexpected. So you, you, you get not just a job, but a lot of jobs. You have an incredible career. Desperate Housewives is a huge hit. And then you decide to go to school and get a master's degree in Chicano studies. So you're well known. You're wildly successful. You've, you've got more than enough going on. What tugs you back to getting a master's degree? You know, in my family, I'm the underachiever, mm. uh, if you can believe that. <laughs> I'm not sure I can. 
I come from a family of educators. My mom's a teacher. My my sister's a teacher. My aunts are teacher. Like, and so college was a big thing. And my mom just kept bugging me. She's like, you know, all your sisters have masters and you don't. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, mom, I'm on the number one show in the world, not in the United States, in the world. And she was like, uh huh, uh huh. And when are you going to get your masters? It was, just, it was a it was a big deal in my family. And and then at the time. Again, like I said, immigration was a big thing happening in the moment. And uh, I've had the privilege of having an amazing mentor in Dolores Huerta. And so that's why I've been a, a farm worker advocate for most of my adult life is because of Dolores. And she would tell me things. And, and I said, but why Why is that? Why don't farm workers have water in the fields? And she'd explain, well, there's a policy that, you know, a lot of the gains we made in the civil rights movements have been dismantled now. And why don't farm workers have shade? Why can't they take breaks in the fields. And she would say, well, you know, because the governor, and she would explain policy to me then why things were the way they were. She said, Jews, you should read this book. It's a really amazing book. It's called Occupied America by Dr. Acuna. And he's the, uh, he's the godfather of Chicano studies in the United States. He's actually um, uh, the architect of like Mexican-American studies. He's brilliant. And the book like rocked my mind. And I said, oh, I want to write this author. I wonder if he'd have a conversation with me. And I sat and talked with him maybe four hours. He was just a remarkable professor. Um, and he said, you know, you should take my class. And I said, what's your class? And he said, it's Chicano 101. And for people who don't know what Chicano is, Chicano, it was a politicized term in the civil rights movement about, it was also put in the census one year, um, trying to aggregate, you know, all Latinos under an umbrella. And it was before the word Latino. And it was where, you know, there's a lot of, we're not a monolithic group. So identity is a big thing for us. But it really became a politicized term. It mean it meant something more, but it's it's the history of Mexican Americans in this country. And so uh, it's Chicano 101. And I took it, I took that class and I was like, wow. And it was so comprehensive. It was like I was telling you from, from pre-Columbian civilization, Olmec, Toltecs, Aztecs, to NAFTA, to present day. So that was like a huge, uh, 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 you know, uh, spectrum of our history. And so after you take that class, you can kind of go, oh, I'd really like to know more about this. I'd really like to know more about that. And so I took another class and another class. And eventually they said, you know, you have to enroll. You've, you've got to get your mask. You've got to enroll in the program. And I tried to secretly do it. Um, cause I didn't want the press finding out. Cause then I would, I thought, oh God, if they find out then I'm going to have to finish. <laughs> <laughs> and so of course they did and I was like oh my god why why couldn't this have been secret um but honestly it was I was so thirsty for knowledge about any topic that was um immigration adjacent and that touched upon it and as you know most most world issues just bump up against each other yeah so education has been so important for you. It's been so important for your family. And then your foundation means that you've done a lot of work on, on issues related to education for the Latino community in the U.S. What, what conclusions have you drawn and what are the areas you think we're going to need to pay the most attention to to make things better in education in the next decade? Yeah, well, because of my master's, my thesis was on Latinas in STEM fields, and I used my master's thesis as a, the basis for the foundation. So um, it, all the research I did, um, I wanted to know what made certain Latinas successful. And so I interviewed 20 Latinas in STEM fields, uh, an engineer at Exxon, a professor at MIT, a bio researcher, you know, at a pharmaceutical company. And I said, I wanted to know 
the common denominator of success, not the barriers. There are so many studies that tell us the barriers. We mm. know the barriers. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I, we know the barriers. I want to know why did those women, why were those women successful, those Latinas? And, and is there something we can replicate? And so in the study, we found that they all had any, at least one engaged parent in their education, one mm. parent that was like pushing and pushing and advocating and putting them in a higher class and going to the school and saying, why isn't my daughter in math class, uh, math club, or why isn't she on this higher track? Or why can't my daughter take um, AP classes? They're taking, you know, and so that was the number one thing in our finding was, was having an engaged parent that said the word college college, college, college in the household. The second one was after school activities, any, anything that kept them at the school longer. Cause it didn't, it didn't even have to be academic. It could have been band. It could have been hmm. cheerleading. It could, anything that just had them engaged in the school community. Um, and all of them were involved in something. It could track or math club or robotics or whatever. And so with the Eva Longoria foundation, we were like, okay, we know, we know parental engagement works and we know after school programs work. So we set up all of our programs to, to do that. And we have this six week parental engagement program, uh, that parents take. So it's not even the, it's not even the kid. It's the parents take it and they learn how to advocate for their kid. They learn how to navigate the school system. So many of our parents, regardless of language, were so intimidated by the school. They didn't know what transcript meant. They didn't know, uh, you know, a high track versus a low track. They didn't know they could go to the school and ask, can you please, um, you know, put my daughter in a higher, a higher class, or I feel like, you know, so many of the, the students were straight A students, but on a low track. And then they realize when they get to high school, they're not prepared for college because they've been on a lower track. And so once the parents finished and completed the course, we saw a 90% increase in graduation. I mean, a 90%. So we go, wow, once their parents got involved, it was game over. I mean, game over. These kids were going to be uh, successful. And not only that, those parents became multipliers. So those parents took that information back into their communities, into their neighbors, into their sisters. And they said, you know what you should do? You should go ask for their transcript because you got to look at their transcript. And they they were so proud of everything they've learned and how to advocate for their child and to take that back into the communities. And so we've, we've helped over 29,000 Latinas. Yeah. So let me connect uh, uh, a thread from from education to what you were saying about uh, your interest in, in involvement and advocacy for farm workers. So when you're encountering a student, uh, especially a, a maybe a young Latina STEM student who maybe hasn't heard about the heritage and the tradition of organizing farm workers, doesn't know who Dolores Huerta is, um, and might not know about uh, how that leads to to where we are today. What are the most important things that you think a new generation should know, and how would you explain it? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a beautiful history. Um, and also, you know, when you think about Dolores Huerta, you think about our history too. Um, you know, people know Cesar Chavez, but what they don't know was more so is Dolores Huerta. And mm. so even, even a lot of these mo movements that have happened um, have always been in a patriarchal way. And so I would love for them to know more about the number of female organizers that, that work behind the scenes. If you see just this past election, it was women um, of women of color who showed up um, and, and women of color who organized. And so I think um, we have a lot of lessons to learn from, from historically how women have um, shown up and, and been involved in activism. And particularly farm workers, it's my desire. You know, people ask me, 
because I, I mean, I was I didn't grow up as a farm worker. I, 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 um, people ask me what my connection is and why do I advocate for them? And I said, because I eat <laughs> like we should all advocate for them, uh, during this global pandemic. Um, every time you go to the supermarket, there's food there and there's food there because these farm workers are still working. And, um, you know, the, the pandemic has deemed farm workers essential and us in the advocacy world go, they've always been essential. Right. <laughs> we didn't need a global pandemic to tell us they're essential to the food supply and the economy and the economic engine of the United States. They should always be applauded and uplifted and supported and, and given uh, uh, livable wages and livable living quarters and um, instead of vilified and 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 living in fear of being deported or um, being arrested or being targeted, and so my wish is that we all could appreciate the work that they do. Well, there, there's something about workers being treated as essential and disposable at the same time, depending on uh, the, the the purpose of the moment, right? So, what what do you think is most important right now, especially in the context of the pandemic, to make sure that farm workers and, and other essential workers get the support that they need? You know, there's so many great organizations that are doing amazing work, but the number one thing for farm workers is many of them are going to work without PPE. I mean, there's just, there's not enough, um, they don't have the money for it and their bosses don't provide it. Um, Their living quarters often don't have, you know, clean running water. They don't have soap. They don't, so like the washing of the hands, which is required right now is, you know, something as simple as basic as that. And then the, the poverty wages, you know, farm, farm workers still aren't protected under uh, labor laws. You know, children are in the fields and um, there's no minimum wage. And so a lot of those laws that apply to them are archaic and barbaric. And you see, you know, kids as young as 12 carrying 50 pound baskets of tomatoes. And then you see that exact family who picked those tomatoes go to the supermarket and can't afford to buy that tomato. That's a tragedy. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. You know, it strikes me that sometimes the way we think as citizens is different than the way we think as consumers, right? There, I think there are so many of us who, uh, you know, if we were voting on a referendum that said, should there be higher wages for farm workers, we would vote yes, say yes, of course. But then when, when you're at the supermarket and you pick out this avocado instead of that one because it's five cents cheaper, you don't realize that's a vote on the exact same issue. It just hasn't been presented to you as a referendum. It's been presented to you, uh, you know, as, as a food item. And yet that choice you make in the marketplace is as powerful, maybe, uh, maybe has even more implications than the choice you would make if somebody actually came up and said, you know, with a clipboard, uh, what, what do you think should happen to farm workers in this country? But that's where the information becomes so important, right? So important. And it's such a good point that you said that, because if you do think of the supermarket and people, this kind of surge in interest of where your food comes from, right? Like I'm eating soy and I'm gluten-free and I'm, you know, all of these uh, uh, choices that you can now make buying organic um, people. I'm buying organic because I don't want to, I don't want to ingest pesticides, but you should buy organic because that means farm workers were not sprayed by pesticides. Right. Like you go, oh, yeah, I'll pay I'll pay 20 cents more. The, the, the restrictions on pesticides being sprayed or the regulations on it is based on weight of a man, like a 150 pound man. So if you're a child working in the farm workers, if you're a woman working in the in the fields, I mean, um, that dose that you're getting and ingesting as you're picking and you're in the field is is deadly. And, and cancerous and causes a lot of health problems for our farm workers. So next time you go to the store, instead of going, oh, I want to buy organic because I want to eat healthier, you should say, I want to buy organic because I want to make sure I'm protecting farm workers. Well, 
You know, that, that point about how they calibrated the, the regulations on pesticides is so interesting. And I'm, I'm going to try not to fully geek out with you, but, but I, one question I think you might have an interesting take on. So I think a lot about what we measure, what we count, and how that expresses what, what matters. You mentioned earlier that uh, the term Chicana was included on the census once, and that was very important. And, and just how we gather data around economics, around people, around wages. Obviously, the census in particular has been an issue recently because of the targeting of, of undocumented immigrants. If there were two or three bodies of information, two or three statistics that don't exist right now, that could, is, is there anything that, that you think it would make a difference to gather some form of data or measure something or pay attention to something that, that we have the capability to find out, but we just haven't ever done it? Or if we have, it hasn't been made public or, or nobody's really right. looked at it. I know no, it's a very a, geeky question, but, but I love that yeah. geeky question because I am an academic at heart. You know, we have to do more studies that contribute to uh, the body of knowledge. And I don't think there's enough studies out there. Even if you see medical studies, they don't really include people of color sometimes. Heart heart disease, uh, diabetes, and, and until you have a seat at the table. You know, this is what makes me crazy about um, Washington and government and women's reproductive rights. When you have a table of nine men making decisions about women's reproductive rights, that's just insane to me. Like, you don't have a uterus. I think it's it's about that. Like, we need innovation to happen. It comes from within our community. And so that's why I focus so much on women in STEM is because if women, if, if Latinas could become doctors and they had a family member that was, you know, had sickle cell or that had like something that's regionally and ethnically a problem, yeah. a health problem for our community, they would go and want to research that. And, right. and so I think that that's, that's what we do need more of more, more yeah. studies that um, are specific and data that that's specific to our communities. I also think, you know, again, looking at the guest worker program, in immigration and looking at, um, you know, there's so many, I'm a, I'm, I'm a YouTube geek when I go, you know, uh, what is the electoral college? And I'll go look at that <laughs> YouTube for dummy video to see how does it say. So I did that with, um, with the visas. I was like, what's an H1 visa? What? And there's so many great professors that break it down in a way that, that goes, it's actually simple math. You, we only give, you know, 10, 10 passes to the party out and there's 800 people wanting to get into the party. We have a bottleneck problem. It's very like they break it down in a way. And so I, I, I would like some data as far as how our visa systems work and specifically for the guest worker program and immigrant uh, migrant labor. That would be uh, uh, some metric system that I think could be valuable. Just like um, I forget his name. You'll probably know his name. Biden just appointed him to Homeland Security. Yes. Uh, Mayorkas. The Cuban. Yeah. Yes who was the architect of DACA and mm. how he came up with DACA. And he is a, uh, you know, a, a, a Cuban refugee. And he kind of, he comes from a community in which he understands empathy and compassion. And, and we have to solve a problem. Like that's important that some, that somebody in that um, position understands it in, intricately, just like mm -hmm. why is Betty, Betsy DeVos, you know, <laughs> Secretary of Education, like you see where that's a problem. I think there's a lot of um, uh, uh, metrics and tracking and data that would be so valuable as to how policy is made. We just we need the information because, I, like I said, people go get in the back of the line, go home. All those are those are ignorant statements because you're not even talking about the problem. 
So in order for that change to happen, everybody needs to be engaged. And and you have been a, a leader in mobilizing and engaging Latinos to vote, uh, founding Latino Victory, connecting with voters, especially in Texas, Florida, California, other places with critical elections going on. Uh, you know, we call this podcast The Deciding Decade because I love thinking about what the 2020s will lead to. So if you're looking ahead to 2030 uh, or, or even just to 2022, what do you think are the things that there needs to be more of starting now in order to build and engage an enduring and activated Latino electorate? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like I said, we're the fastest growing demographic in the United States. Uh, a Latino turns 18 every 30 seconds. You know, this is the first election that we've been the largest minority voting bloc. Um, but demography is not destiny. And so we have never but as Latinos, we've never voted over 50% of eligible voters. This election, over two thirds of eligible voters voted, right? So we're moving in the right direction, but let me tell you, we're not always gonna have a racist, misogynistic bigot on the ticket. <laughs> you know, patriarchy and white supremacy come in many forms. And so I think we have to keep our eye on the prize and stay engaged um, and, um, you know, voter outreach and voter education. It's, it's, it's uh, year round work. I think what, what has to happen is um, candidates and, and parties, you know, can't just come two months before an election and say your vote matters. You have to come at us year round with outreach to our communities that say your lives matter. Your lives matter to to us. And how can we engage in these communities all the time, not just during election years and election cycles? Um, of course, this is this is something that cuts across uh, politics, entertainment, a lot of other fields. I mean, how, how would you say representation has changed, especially Latino representation on the screen just in the years since you first arrived in L.A. as a young person from Corpus Christi looking for your first gig? Yeah, it, uh, it ebbs and flows. You know, there's like a. a, a the, the hot term right now is diversity everywhere, corporate America, Hollywood, politics. But what's happening, I think, here in Hollywood is the way in which people consume content has shifted. And because of that, it's really given content creators the power. You, you don't have to go through this uh, archaic system of studios and networks. And you could be a content creator on YouTube. You can go do your own show on your iPhone. I mean, technology has really disrupted the way we do business here. And because of that, we've been able to tap into new talent pools. And usually those new talent pools are communities of color, LGBTQ, indigenous communities. I mean, every everything, there's so much opportunity that you don't have to go through the gatekeepers uh, anymore. And I think that's a good thing. Um, Somebody was asking me, you know, how do we educate the gatekeepers of all these studios and networks here in Hollywood to hire more women, to hire more diverse uh, people as screenwriters and as producers and directors. And I was like, I don't think we educate the gatekeepers. I think we change the gatekeepers. Mm, Very good. Yeah. You got to change them. They got to go. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing is, as we look to the future, I would love to know what your greatest sources of optimism are. I mean, it kind of, uh, I, I can kind of sense just the way you talk about your advocacy, your activism and your work. You are very much alive to all of the problems and obstacles out there, but you don't seem to focus on them or let them uh, uh, diminish your optimism. So what gives you hope? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm actually an optimist at heart. I mean, I'm half glass full for everything. Uh, but um, I think probably the thing that this particular year has given me so much hope and, and Obama had said it as well about 
our youth. Like when you see the amount of young people in the streets and protesting and whether it was, you know, the Women's March or whether it was Black Lives Matter or um, whether it was, you know, Joy to the Poles, the amount of young people who were engaged. And if you look at the past civil rights leaders uh, of our time, you know, Martin Luther King was young. Uh, Representative John Lewis was young. I mean, they were they were young. And so when you see our youth civically engaged, it's it's actually exciting because, you know, that's going to be a civically engaged adult. And hopefully that manifests in change and progress. I'm fascinated by Eva's family history, a ninth generation Texas, from a family who, as she says, didn't cross the border, the border crossed them. She's connected to America's story with roots that go back to the very beginning, before the beginning, even. There's such a rich history here, and now she and so many in her community are leading the charge on figuring out how to make this country better in the future for the fastest growing demographic group in the nation, Latinos. From improving our conditions for farm workers, to changing our food system, to encouraging young Latinas to pursue and thrive in STEM and other educational opportunities, she reminds us of a world of possibility for a vital part of our national life and for our country as a whole. And I'm glad Eva has decided to take her voice beyond the predictable spaces and drive action on these opportunities. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
it. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.